Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You claim, Tim, that you're not going to drink until Thanksgiving. I'm aware that that's not that far from now. I'm just saying, I, like... That's actually not at all what I was going to say. That's that's reasonably far for you to abstain from alcohol. Okay. To be clear, I mean, like, when I'm home for Thanksgiving. So oh. not the actual day. Just when do I'm, you... Well, wait. Are you coming I, home like in a week or are no, you coming tomorrow. home like right? <laughs> Got it. I, I don't know yet. I haven't booked flights. I'm coming for a, a good enough amount of time, but I know how much wine is consumed at my uh, my family's place around holidays and around not holidays, just around days. And so I figure I don't need to have anything until then. I know how much wine I consume at your house on Thanksgiving, and that's enough for like the month. And you're yeah. there every day for like a week. So, exactly. So you see my predicament. So, I can see your predicament. Which, by the way, um, again, I don't know if we already talked about this. You guys are both, of course, uh, welcome at my place for Thanksgiving. You did mention Real it. Thanksgiving. I, I might very well be taking you up on uh, second Thanksgiving. That's too close to Christmas. Um, I can't wait for you to not come because every year you say you're going to and then never do. At least come, Alex has the decency to be like, nah. I've come <laughs> at least three times. I can think of once. No. My, one year my dad came. Oh, yeah, that was fun. We came like like two years ago. I very, rem- I very well, vividly remember. As I just high. discussed, there's a lot of wine. Right. <laughs> Fair. Alex, what are you eating? Cinnamon bears. Um, so, Tim, you say that you've given up drinking before, like you're going to give up drinking until you get to Thanksgiving, but we very well know that you drank literally six days ago. Yeah, I didn't say that this was like I gave it up like a month ago. I just right. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't so, say you started six days ago. Yeah, it's probably, no, I probably did about six days ago. Um, okay, well, anyways, good, good job, Tim. Um, health is wealth. As they say, even though yeah. there's I'm a not lot sure. really there's a lot of really rich fat people. So, well, I mean that used to be a sign of wealth, right, back in the right. day. And like gout was only in a uh, disease for the super wealthy back mm. in the good old days. Um, so, so Alex, uh, where are you in the world? I, mean, I am in Homestead, which is identical to Sebring. Like that is being very generous. You think Homestead's worse than Sebring? To Sebring. Oh. <laughs> so I think they're both 
an hour to an hour and a half south of real cities. And it's very much farming communities. And there's not a whole lot going on other than Cracker Barrel and Olive Garden. And what more do you need? And well, you need an Applebee's. Um, that, so, yeah, that's a great point. Though, if I were to pick, I would, I would probably pick Sebring because there's a lake and the track is better. Well, I don't know about that yet. I haven't driven the track. Right. So to be clear, we're talking about the road course, not the oval. The, I haven't the driven course. that either. Right. The oval is great. The oval is a lot of fun. You would, you would thoroughly enjoy that in an Indy car. And I hope one day we get to go back um, for your sake. The road course is less good mm. for an indie car it's funny we were doing the track walk like i know this makes sense logically but it's just hilarious how every single infield road course of an oval is identical other than i would say the indy gp so we all know that this podcast isn't necessarily the biggest fan of the indy gp but i will say i will say that that track actually for like combining an oval and a road course is Pretty unique and different and good. Compared so to- you're comparing it mainly to Daytona and Charlotte and Charlotte. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, what's the characteristic that stands out to you uh, for a Roval? Well, a super fast left-hand corner coming oh. off of the front straight. <laughs> That's turn one. Yeah. Right. Followed by a bunch of hairpins. Followed by a pretty fast left-hander going back onto the oval followed by a pretty fast left-hander coming back off the oval before a slow chicane going onto an oval. Like, it's, it's all the same. Yeah, you're right. It does, it is very, it is very Daytona, if you really think. It's like, yeah. it's like a, it's like a smaller, it's like a, it's like if you put Daytona in the, in the dryer at too high a heat, Homestead comes out. Right. But you don't even get the cool parts of being on the banking. No, no, you don't. It's just the straightaways. Yeah. 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 Good point. No, again, not, not a great place to go drive race cars of this, of this level. Uh, so another day testing for you in the hybrid, uh, was anybody like on track today? Is it one of these multi-day programs or it's just a two day test and it's just McLaren and Andretti. Okay. Um, I think mostly because, uh, Penske and Ganassi did so much of the early testing. Mm. that they're letting us catch up a little bit. Feels uh, fair. So, yeah. So, who's who's doing the second day? Uh, David's doing the second day. Copy. Um, is he there with you today or, like, tomorrow? Is he, is he already there? I don't know. He wasn't there today. So, maybe he'll come at some point tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, it'll be good. Obviously, any laps and any time that you get on a new system is good. So um, regardless of whether the track is representative of where you race or not, it's still learning yeah. about it and, and understanding. For a new car, it's mm-hmm. extra important. And exactly. then from there, you fly straight out to California for a pretty cool event, I would say. Yeah. I'm so, jealous. So I go I go from here, uh, with, so Florida, to San Francisco for exactly – 36 hours. Um, so like, I'm do, not a big, you know, geologist, but yeah. when I look at the geography of that, mm-hmm. uh, not close. I feel like I need to point out just for the sake of pointing out that it was geology, sarcasm. Okay, it was sarcasm. Sure. I, mean, I thought the tone was delivered in a way that it was I just clear. want to make sure. Um, uh, I'm so no yeah. geographer. 
they they are they are not next to each other been good Um, i hate you tim i know (laughs) (laughs) so yes you're traveling basically as far away within the continental u.s as you possibly can yeah uh to do an event called velocity invitational which i honestly don't know a whole lot about other than there's a bunch of really cool badass classic and semi-recent mclaren cars um f1 cars F1 cars. So I get to drive a whole litany of different eras of F1 cars and there's important guests and people. And it's a whole weekend event kind of from a Thursday to a Sunday. Unfortunately, I will need to leave on a red eye Friday night um, to go back to, uh, well, remember where I left from? So the place that's like the complete opposite side of the country as far as left to right and up to down as you could get. Yeah. Minus Alaska, yeah. So I fly back to Florida um, for mm-hmm. a wedding on mm. Saturday. So I land at 6 a.m. for a wedding that day. So that's that'll be fun. That'll be that'll be fun. Do you know what's going to be funny is the fact that so I'm I'm also at said wedding, mm. and I will be there on Friday, and we're all probably going to go out Friday night based on my recent history with weddings. And so while you're going to be coming off a red eye and landing at 6 a.m., you will be in the best shape of any of the bridal party (laughs) on Saturday. (laughs) This is actually like a low-key great move to pull if you're in a wedding party and don't want to feel like a complete bag of ass on the wedding. Or take that as a challenge, Alex, and just make the plane your pregame. The problem is... Um, the wedding's in Tampa, and the only flight that I can get is into Orlando. So oh. I get to drive two and a half hours at six o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, you couldn't have just connected in Orlando and gone to Tampa, or just That's- had like a blowout fight with, with the bride or groom to get yourself uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> just come There's up with something. Time. It's something that's not going to be like permanent damage, but just enough where they're like, I don't even know if I want them in the wedding. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 so anyways so i've got a busy couple of days but there's no point complaining to james because james is still the busiest human being on earth tim not so much but but james quite busy i mean so i did I, laundry today it's count i'm gonna count for something that, that's which cute. isn't so, which technically isn't in your home so yeah that i had to leave i had to leave my apartment for it i had to leave yeah it's all the Wait, way you have to go to a laundromat no, no, there's like, there's in the, in the complex, it's like 30 oh, okay. feet outside my front door. But got you know, it, got it. Okay. So your laundry people. room is just, you have to go outside to get there, <laughs> yeah, but it's basically the same distance as a normal laundry room. Got it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I got off my uh, 109th flight of the year last night. Flying back. Like from he's Zoom. bragging to you. Is it, is it like bragging it's, to you? That too? feels braggy to you. That was <laughs> not an, that was not a brag. Every every time he says that, I think that's a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> it's, I'm documenting it because it's been such a weird year in that respect. Um, good news is nobody died this time. Yeah, that cool. I know of. Um, speaking of that, kind of, I flew Spirit Airlines for the first time today. Did you? Yeah, speaking we're we're both <laughs> we're both flying Spirit Airlines in a week. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's what you. Here's what it is. It's the USPS of airlines. <laughs> right. <laughs> like Delta is, is UPS. Right. American is FedEx. Is an efficient like, way to get stuff to places? No, like, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> new planes, it gets the job done. 
It's cheaper than the other options. Sure is. But it is, it takes a long time because it's always delayed. And there is zero creature comforts. Hmm. You know, when you go into a post office, it's like the DMV. You're instantly depressed. Yes. When you go into FedEx or, D or, or UPS, like there's cards on the wall and there's hmm. like candy you can buy and Gatorades and like there's stuff, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Spirit, there's nothing. It's just, it's just seats on a plane. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it it's gets like the city. Up. It's like the city bus of airlines. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so it's funny. I, I didn't like, love it, but you know what? It served its purpose. So. And like, I've never if, flown it's, it. if it's the direct option, you're not going to not do it, right? Like, so I booked that flight coming back from this wedding back to Indy, and I put it's in the thing, how many steps you have to take so and how many, many steps, steps. <laughs> and and you get charged for every step, right? It starts out as twenty seven dollars, and by the end, <laughs> it's a three hundred fifteen dollar ticket, right? <laughs> so I was buying, I was buying. Uh, tickets for Becky and I, and I was doing all the stuff. And like we booked, we had to, we booked late, right? We weren't super, you know, thinking ahead on this. Shock. So we booked a little bit late. Typical Hinchcliffe travel, yeah. Correct. And so booked the thing. It's like, okay, all right. And then, and then it's like, okay, um, here's a carry on bag or, or check-in bag or check bag. And I was like, oh, just carry-ons. And then it's like 60 bucks a person for, or 30 bucks a person. I forget, something like that. That was 60 bucks a person for a carry-on bag. And I was like, what? Well, when the ticket's $29.99, it makes sense. Mine was not $29.99 <laughs> because oh. I booked so late. So I was like, right. that's, that's all right. That's crazy. And they're like, all right, want to select your seats? And I was like, of course I want to select my seats. I want to sit next to my wife when I don't want to sit in the middle by the bathroom. Well, that's another like $48 a seat just to choose a seat. <laughs> I'm like, man, it's not even a good seat. This is just a seat. So it gets to the bottom and I was like, this is going to cost 500 bucks a ticket. That's insane. And then I got to the checkout. They're like, oh, no, no, sorry. That's 500 for both. Even after putting in $60 each for a carry on and like $45. So it still comes out each. okay. It's like a $14 flight. <laughs> like it's insane. <laughs> I was very shocked and a little impressed and mildly concerned all at the same time. It was an interesting experience. Yeah, it's funny. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was sitting on a window seat and they have, they have kind of like a, they have essentially eight seats up front that are pseudo first class, but they're not actually, they're just bigger seats. Okay. But, um, so I, I had the second row of that on the, on the window and they cram people in there so much that the, the woman who was in the row behind me in the middle Literally, her book was on her lap, and I could read it with no problem over my shoulder. <laughs> out of the corner of my eye. Like her book was essentially resting on my armrest. Like that's how tight it is. And this was a, a normal size lady. This wasn't like a WNBA player. This was just a five foot five little lady, right? And like, so it's it's gonna be sitting in row thirteen E and F, James. It's gonna be it's gonna be an experience. So what you're saying is that from row. 18 will be able to have a totally normal volume conversation with each other. Correct. <laughs> okay. I feel, good. I feel like American puts like 220 people on these planes, or like 180 people on these planes and spirits like 275. It's like, it's like 1,056 people. Right. Right. <laughs> that's how they, 
that's how they get away with charging twenty nine ninety nine. Right. I was gonna say their business model makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> no, no, it's, yeah, it's obviously they're making money. Like they're not doing it at a loss. We know that. So that's yeah. okay. So they're not the USPS. <laughs> fair, well, fair. Got stamps are going up. By the way, no. Um. So, what'd you get up to this past weekend, bud? What did I get up to this past weekend? Uh, I did a whole lot of nothing, guys. Did a whole lot of nothing. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely so happy for you because I know you've been doing a lot and you still have a lot going on. And it's nice to just kind of get a weekend off at home with no plans and nothing to do. And you can just sort of do your thing. Correct. Correct. Which in this case is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on like a real travel podcast. I did. I did. Well, not really. It was a pilot uh, podcast. Yeah. Pilot podcast. You know, just let's be clear: not any traveler can get on this. this <laughs> fair, fair. Certification <laughs> from the Federal Aviation Administration. So, no big deal. Um, now, who's flexing? Come on. Yeah, me. Definitely me. <laughs> he is. He is the one that can defy gravity and fly. We. Just I mean, have to, like, I can do it, just not legally <laughs> or with my own plane. <laughs> Is Tim going to have the bravery to come fly with me this time? Have you not flown with Alex yet? I have not. It wasn't bravery last time. It was a desire to get drunk at Colt Murdo's house. It very much was. <laughs> so nervous. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, you drank yourself to a point of not being able to fly because you were nervous about flying. I wanted to go to Colton's thing. Hmm. Uh-huh. So you're going to come? To what? Just come fly in. Yeah, sure. Okay. Thanksgiving week. Can't I wait. Got a thing that day. Mm, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Colton scheduled something. Right. <laughs> like Colton listens to this show. Uh, did you watch? Somebody tell Colton to. Did you watch any racing this weekend, Alex? I two motor races on. I did. I watched the F one race. Mm-hmm. Um. I was for the first time, maybe the second, but it's been rare occasions where I've ever really understood the hype that goes along with Fernando. Like bought into the Alonzo hype. Like obviously, like it speaks for himself. Like his results speak for themselves. Like he's a two-time world champion. Yada yada yada. I get it. But like how everyone's, especially lately, because of his age, right? It's just like this guy defies everything because of how old he is and the level he's still performing at. And I'm like, okay, sure. Brazil proved that to be true. I was so impressed. Not, I wasn't even impressed with like the defensive driving. Yeah, that was, that was good. We've seen that before. Like I think still what Carlos did in Singapore was equally as on the same level. Yeah. All on the same level. What, what sold it for me was a sequence of 12 corners when Sergio passed him and had significantly better tires and a just obviously a better car. Uh, he didn't have better tires. He definitely has a better car. But okay. on that last stop, Frando actually put on stickers and, and Sergio's used. But Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Regardless. It doesn't matter. I, I, I followed on the onboard from when he got passed and was watching at how much he was struggling to like just get the thing to turn into the corner, how hard it was to put the power down, how 
it was on the change of direction, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, he's host. There's no way in dirty air. Because I've I've had that. You you hang on for 30 laps. They it's finally as soon as you. they go by, it's it's, it's like gone. you give up. You give yeah. up. There's no there's no fighting yeah. back at that point. Right. Yeah. And he was able to hang in there and was in DRS range, but like didn't have a run into turn one, but was able to force Sergio into a mistake. And then the next opportunity he had, he just passed him and it was on the last lap and he he, he got him back. So it was the it was the rebuttal for me, that was so impressive on tires in dirtier. And so I, I literally used that same word in my article this week because, because that's what it was. His answer, his rebuttal to that pass was he had to spend the whole rest of that lap charging the battery, making sure he had the right amount left for deployment to try to pull off the move that he did. And you're right, it, it came from Checo kind of needlessly defending into turn one Frando had a run, but it wasn't it wasn't a run that he was going to throw it down the inside and sacrifice a fourth place. And it set him offline through the SMSs. And then, yeah, it was insane. And then and then Checo did a in his defense, a valiant effort fighting back on that last lap and was half a tenth behind him at the line because he had DRS coming out of the last corner and nearly got him back at the line. But that wily old cat, Fernando, old Fred Alonso, was just able to hang on to it. It was honestly, it was like as far as F1 races go, it was pretty good. Like not up front necessarily. There was a brief moment on track where Lando got close enough to like force but Max like, to defend. Like, that's that whole sequence just proved what we've said, especially lately on this podcast, about how much Max is underdriving the performance of that car. Because Lando put him under pressure for a lap and a half. And Max was still trying to play the game of protecting the tires. Then realized that Lando was like, he was going to try and do something to control the race. And literally in the sequence of six corners dropped him by 1.3 seconds. Yeah. Unbelievable. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It highlights the fact that we've already talked about, especially after Qatar, where 
these guys are forced to drive so far below the limit of the car for the sake of the tire over a stint, right? And it's all about the thermal profile of the tire. And if you overheat it, you lose so much grip and it takes so long to come back and you can't afford to slide it or push it too much or whatever, whatever, whatever. And there was a lot of talk this weekend about, well, we got to change the tires because they dig too much. And that's why we have to drive so carefully. But then the response from whether it's Pirelli or anybody else is, well, yeah, but if we just make them not dig at all, then everyone just drives flat out and nobody makes a mistake and there's no dig and there's no passing. It makes the racing worse. So where's that fine line, right? And I keep thinking about IndyCar and I think about the fact that we have tires that you can push pretty hard on most of the time. There is definitely dig and it's definitely higher at some tracks than others. And sometimes the difference between the softs and the hards or the primaries and the alternates are a lot bigger than other places. But as you watch the race and you listen to like the radio transmissions, I couldn't help but like notice every time an engineer comes on and says, Oh, you got to look after the lefts or you got to look after your right rear. or You got to look after whatever it is. I thought to myself, what if they just banned tire temperature sensors in formula one? And so it, you were no longer able to, in testing, you could go out with all those sensors on and you could figure out what the right temperature range is for the tire. And you could, as a driver, try to figure out what that temperature range feels like. But then in the race weekends, you don't get that data. You don't get that data on the pit wall. You don't get that data on your steering wheel. And it's really up to the driver to feel how much they want to push and figure out what the the detriment's going to be later in the stint. Because some drivers will underdrive what you could get away with. Some drivers will overdrive what you can get away with. But it just puts a lot more into the hand of the driver to kind of like feel it out rather than just an engineer saying, this is the tire temperature you have to drive to. I guess the counter to that would be like, if F1's about the technology and developing the car to its peak level, then if taking away that for the competition's sake, although I guess they already do that with things like a cost cap and other rules and other things like that. So The whole yeah. design of the 2022 rules was to make the racing better, right? So like yeah, they've, fair. they've designed an entire set of aero regs based on trying to make the car generate more downforce from the floor, make the wash off the cars less, less, um, uh, less affecting of the car behind. I don't know. What do you think? I just kind of like, I just was thinking about that. I'm like, would that help? No. Okay. It wouldn't. Why? Um, because I mean, you don't have that NIMSA and it's, you still have people managing tires and it's still, like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't Good think racing, right? But I don't no, think I don't think that that affects. There's no series on Earth that talks about tire surface temperature more than Formula One. Like thermal deg and mechanical deg are two different things, and yeah. you never hear about thermal deg in any other race series. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm saying it's not being monitored the same way. Well, like you're still, you still have to look after the tires. Yeah. I don't think it would make a difference quite honestly. And I think that that's, that's the least of their problems at the end of the day. Like they, they tried to get away with in 2015, they tried to get away with advice coming from the pit wall. And that was so drivers. Stupid. And like, it's like, that's not, that's not going to make Lando beat Max. 
it's not going to change any of these results. It's not going to make Fernando still outsmart Sergio. Like, I don't know. I wonder if it makes Fernando nervous that Sergio's catching him, so he pushes a little bit harder because he doesn't know exactly the tire temp window he's in, and then he ends up suffering later in the stint. I don't know that Max would be as good at being 30 seconds in front of the field because he doesn't have that in for Max's nature is to push, right? Maybe he would actually overdrive it if he didn't know what the tire temperature, you know, ideal number was that he had to hit lap after lap. He's the best guy at hitting that number. And Lando is clearly the next best or equal best, but in different machinery at hitting that number. Like those two guys are, heads and tails above the rest of the field, it seems like, at being able to manage the race from a tire standpoint compared to their teammates and compared to other people. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't, know. I, I don't think it changes it, but I see your point. Um, I tell you one series where they don't monitor tire temps. NASCAR. Correct. And listen, congrats to Ryan Blaney. Yep. But – Man, what a what a farce NASCAR again proves their whole championship program thing. Like it's just it's so dumb. It's got so, so explain dumb. it to me like I don't know what you're talking about, hypothetically so, speaking. So Is Will- that because you have no idea no, what no, you're talking about? No. <laughs> William Byron won six cup races and had a significant amount of top fives and top tens. I don't know the exact number. Kyle Larson won four cup races and had even more top fives and top tens than William Byron. Ryan Blaney had three race wins and yeah, uh, some few top fives and top tens yet. He's the cup series champion because at Phoenix, he wasn't the fastest car per se. He was the best car over a stint. I didn't watch the race, but I know there was a big mix up in the order and a pit lane thing. So I don't really want to talk about that, but it's just when, when, when you all throughout the year, when you turn on a cup race, Ryan Blaney is not the guy. He's not the guy that you're watching to win a race. He's, 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 he's always there. He's always in the game. He, he's a very good driver. He's got good equipment, but the standout drivers that week in and week out are the ones that are like getting it done. It's just, they're either eliminated before they get to the championship four or they get to the championship four and they just don't have a good day or as good of a day as someone else. And they don't get rewarded for it. it just, okay. Really but like, what about, what about like the New York giants beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Just after the say, Patriots had like a banger of a season in the giants. If you go 15 yeah. and one and then lose in the Super Bowl to a team that was, I don't know, whatever uh, eight and six or eight, whatever it works out to eight and eight, I guess. I don't know how many weeks there are in football, but you know what I'm saying? If a team uses a wild card or whatever, in 16 games, 17 weeks because of the bye week like it's the underdog story, right? Like people love that in other sports. Right. But I think there's something to be said for that being the case when it's, when it's one V one, right. When it's a, you only can have two teams, but you can't have four football teams playing each other. Right. Oh man, that'd be so much cooler. So like the, (laughs) I I truly believe, I don't know that this is true, but it'd be interesting. If it was William Byron and Kyle uh, Larson, 
No. And, oh, uh, sorry. What's his face? Ryan Ross Blaney. Ross Chastain. No, William Byron and, and Ryan Blaney is the two cars, period, on track. I don't know. Maybe no, Blaney still wins. But, I don't, it's just – So here's the thing. I, I agree with you in the overarching philosophy – I am going to alter your, I'm going to, I'm going to propose an alternate argument as to why that it's not as, it's not the same in motorsports as it is in stick and ball sports. What if you're just really good at Phoenix, right? Like there are drivers and teams that excel at a certain track. A football field is a football field. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that football players will tell me that there's a difference. And certainly like weather plays a part. If you're playing like Lambeau in January, I hundred percent, I get that. Right. But for the most part, like the field's the same size turf's turf. The football doesn't change. Your cleats are the same. You know, the equipment's all the same. It's down to execution, the players in the day. Right. Yeah. But you also, you don't have the variables of other people hampering your outcome. Yeah. But, but, but all I mean, that but is you stuff, have a lot more people on the team. So you could argue that you do. Right. Like if, if your kicker gets hurt and then it comes down to a big kick, you know, you're, you're relying on however many people are on their football. Well, no, team. but we have that within our own team. If our That's right fair. front That's tire fair. changer gets hurt, then our pit stops aren't going to be as good. We also have 20 something other competitors that can ruin our day. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of a row. That's just the nature of motorsports, right? That's just racing all the time. My point is that, especially in NASCAR, there seem to be, well, that's not, that's not true. It's, it's like Joseph in Iowa, Scott at mid Ohio, you at long beach. Like there's, there's tracks that certain drivers just excel at. And if that's just where the championship finale happens to fall, it seems, it seems insane to me that your entire season can come down to one race where you have either an unfair advantage or like a distinct disadvantage for no discernible reason. Mm. Right. And then it's, yeah. oh, we'll just be better at Phoenix. Like that's not how, that's just not how it works. Right. Like if, if Wimbledon was played on three different surfaces and every year the final was played on a different, it was clay, it was, it was grass. It was, you know, but it's not, it's, it's tenant. You're playing on the court. Right. But what is, but what is wrong with having a, the championship wouldn't have been decided going into Phoenix, right? But Dude, what is what is wrong with William Byron earning a bit of a buffer for not being as good at Phoenix as Ryan Blaney, for example? Like, there's nothing wrong. That's with what it. playoff points. That's like that's why playoff points exist. They've no, tried. They don't because it's not points that win it at the end. It's not playoff points. It's, it's no, no. It's to get you to you playoff points. Get you to the final, right? William Byron winning six races and having a great season makes it almost guaranteed he gets to Phoenix and then it's winner take all like the but Super it does, Bowl. It, it doesn't like, he, he, yeah. It no, does, he could, he, no, he doesn't guarantee it. Certainly. Right. And good. Remember I'm on your side. I think the system is not suitable for motorsports, right? Mm-hmm. It all came about because one year a guy won the championship on the back of one race win and a guy won eight races and didn't win the championship. Because the the guy just was good at points racing and finished second through eighth in every other race, but only won once. It was Matt Kenseth. Ryan Newman won like eight races that year, but like crashed a bunch and finished second. Right, but how how is this format preventing that from happening? Because uh, you have to beat the other guy in the last race. I don't know. Okay. No, the the point is, and then the and then the other point is they don't want the championship wrapped up before the last race because people stop tuning in. And that's just a fact, right? Like that is, that's a very well-documented thing. If there's not a title fight, the ratings are not going to be as good. Right. That's, that, that is fair. That is fair. So like, as, it's a valid argument. 
And it's yeah. a valiant effort to take a sport that's non-conventional in this sort of system, make a playoff program for it, and keep it unknown, whether you find it interesting or not, but keep it unknown till the final race. And I give them credit for that. They, they designed something that did not previously exist and kind of serves that purpose. What I don't like is what we saw in the Xfinity race and in the truck race where you get down to that last race and it just becomes a WWE brawl and people are just banging people out of the way and taking guys out on purpose because NASCAR has this like boys have added approach and that sort of behavior is not penalized. And so it's the last race of the season. You're going for the championship and you're on some guy's bumper. Yeah, you're going to move them. You're going to dump them. You're going to do whatever you got to do, right? And that's, that's, that's rewarded and applauded and encouraged in NASCAR. Luckily, at the actual pro level in Cup, that stuff didn't happen. Um, but I don't know. That, I, that's, that's, a, that's a problem I have with it. It's, it can. It can very easily happen. And we could have a series decided by some guy just kind of being a dick and punting a guy off on the last race, which yeah. would suck. It'll be You can't – in football, you can't sabotage another team in the Super Bowl. Right, like you have to just go win it. I mean, they you can, can they could sabotage themselves. But no, you could very easily hurt a quarterback. <laughs> uh, yes, I feel like there are bad penalties for that, whereas it's frowned upon. Right. Whereas in NASCAR, that sort of car to car contact yeah, yeah. is less frowned upon. That is true. That is true. Well, whatever. I still think it's dumb, um, but that doesn't matter because I don't race in Cup, so I can have an opinion. Um, what else is going on? Colton and Brendan were announced in the WTR Andretti cars for GTP. Yes. So that makes sense. Could have seen that coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, did you read the article that like the rumor was Alex Albon was actually... Well, they always run four, so... Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think the other three or, or the other two were kind of already locked in. Already there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know if there's any other racing news. Well, Grosjean was announced. Have, was that since yeah, we, we knew that was coming, but we didn't say oh, it just it in came case out we were way show came out. Yeah. Right. yeah, Grosjean was announced. There'll probably um, be some news uh, the day before this episode comes out, just because we're recording this on Tuesday. Yeah, so there will inevitably be some huge story that right. comes out. It's right. going to happen tomorrow. IndyCar buys F1. It'll probably be something about IndyCar video games. Oh, no, man. that, yeah. <laughs> Do I have to cut that? No. no. Do you remember, look, listeners at home, about 50 of you might remember this. St. Louis. St. Louis Live Show 2022. We did not one. post that episode. As a few live shows, we do not post. So you will not know. That during the question, question, I think we, we may have actually mentioned it on a subsequent show. I think we mentioned the, it at another live show that we also ah, didn't publish. <laughs> right. So for those that don't know, at this show, we did a little live Q&A with the audience. And someone asked me, they said, what was it like getting your like face and body scanned um, for the IndyCar video game? And I responded with, well, it was it was pretty intense and crazy, like how many cameras that is. And it was a very bright, like 360 thing. And the detail and the amount of people that is needed just to do that is like crazy. Um, but I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, but I basically said, I'm not that optimistic that I'm ever going to see myself in it because 
I don't think the video game is making very good progress. And the only reason I said that is because Motorsport Games is a publicly traded company. So all of their um, financials financials and performance metrics are available to whoever Googles it. So it's not, it's not hearsay. It's not, it's just the facts. And so I was kind of just preempting fans that maybe don't get that excited about it because of all these other things were happening in the background. An article had come out explaining some issues with the company, a right. massive cash flow shortage, drop in stock price, all these very bad indicators for a company of any kind. So it turns out at the end of the show that the person that asked that question was working on the IndyCar game for motorsport games. And he was not thrilled. He was not thrilled. So all I want to say now is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so he came up to you guys after, right? And he was like, like, you know, you shouldn't say like, that. He kind of lambasted us a little bit and it's like, okay, fair enough, but don't lie to my face about things that we know are true so and 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 look in his defense we chatted about this he he had to believe what his bosses were telling him because his yeah, job yeah i don't i don't it. i don't and so i get why he said no no we're working full steam ahead it's all going blah 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 because that's what he was getting fed at work but like if i was accidentally sinking a company i would also tell my employees everything was fine no i wouldn't actually because i'm not a but his boss clearly was and uh, and things were not great, but was was telling his employees it was great, and this employee was trying to tell us it was great, and numbers were telling us that it wasn't great, and here we are a year and a half later, and they've pretty much fired the entire company. So also, I mean, it just sucks. Like it, totally it sucks for the sucks, game, man. it sucks for the people well, at the company, it sucks it for fans that wanted the game. Sucks for everybody. Sucks because for IndyCar. Sucks for the IndyCar does need, like all we talk about is you know how. IndyCar, like their big thing needs to be expanding to a wider audience and outside of just the Indy 500. And this is a huge step in that direction and, and, and the correct thing. It's just like typical IndyCar luck <laughs> that you, that's what your wagon gets hitched to, I guess, is the unfortunate part of it all. Yes. Yeah. Because they were also doing a NASCAR game, I want to say. They're doing a Lamar game. Yeah. Um, so honestly, the 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 best case scenario out of this is that somebody else in the space moves in, just acquires all the IP and all the work that's been done. Which, if it's and, a publicly traded company, they they could like that's right. not out of the question. No, no, for sure. And I think that would be awesome for everybody. And then someone else can just pick up where they left off because I do believe they were working on it. And I do believe that a certain amount of work had been done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got Alex's face in 3D, unfortunately. So. <laughs> Now I see why the company. <laughs> you know just why they went bankrupt? They, yeah, they, they they had to get more uh, more terabyte space for all of Canon's nose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tony, we love you. <laughs> oh, good times, GTS guys, GTS. Uh, so yeah, so this weekend we've got the wedding. The weekend after we hey, both Chris. have Vegas. <laughs> Tim, have you like? Are you have you told yourself? Have you like? Stop lying to yourself that you aren't just going to drive down for that, or I think I'll probably already be in Indy. So, <laughs> oh right, because you really want to drink, so you're yes. just going to get yeah. to Indy a little bit. <laughs> Again, my flight's tomorrow. Day. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, we don't have to worry about Tim this particular trip to Vegas, Alex. Thank God. Well, yeah. Now I want to go. Yeah. Nope. 
<laughs> we don't want you there because it's going to be. If awesome. you guys were doing anything fun, I would. We are not. We are not doing <laughs> yeah. anything fun. So, where are you staying? Do you know where you're staying? I do. Staying at stay. the Virgin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm staying at the Horseshoe, formerly known as Bally's. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Too. So apparently the Horseshoe is the second most haunted hotel in Las Vegas. Behind that actually sounds fun. I don't know. I that's we were right when this was looked up, nobody actually talked about who the first was. I feel like being the second most haunted hotel in Vegas is not that cool. Um, but because there was a fire in the hotel in like the 80s, like the early 80s, and it killed a bunch of people. And now apparently you can hear like people coughing in the stairwells and like then the coughing stops because they're dead and they're See, that actually, now. now i want to come yeah <laughs> that sounds cool all I'm right not gonna. no you're not I'll, I'll just stay there when when there's a weekend that valleys cost 12 dollars. yeah well i mean that's now because <laughs> the f1 race is not selling great uh <laughs> ticket prices have come down in every possible way hospitality grandstand ga flights hotels but meals are going to be tough to get when all the workers go on strike but that's yeah. another that's another issue that's another issue um yeah all right well guys i am i'm gonna i'm gonna go relax it's been a day you know first day back after being gone for three weeks you have a lot of to do i know you know what that's like alex i'm going to go to bed so i, I am insanely jealous you're gonna drive all those f1 cars next week i'm gonna want to pick your brain on that later um I'm not jealous that you're driving Homestead tomorrow in the slightest. But, uh, but yeah, have a great time tomorrow. Have a safe flight to California. Have a safe flight back to Florida. And uh, we'll see you bright and early Saturday morning, bud. Can't wait. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Fim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Fim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.